Hey guys, it's Simi and this is Brussling Unlimited as we are here on the 21st of August, 2021 to talk about everything. And I mean everything that went down tonight at WWE SummerSlam. SummerSlam came to us from Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada, inside Allegiant Stadium. And there were some questionable things on this show. I will 100% say that. Like, we'll get into all of it. But for the most part, I enjoyed SummerSlam tonight. I thought SummerSlam was pretty good. I liked it. To me, it was a good show. We had some surprises that we weren't expecting. One that was probably in the works for a while. One that may have only came together this week. I don't know, but we'll figure it all out in time. We'll talk about it all here. And I'm also going to want to not just read your comments, but I want to hear from you guys as at the end of the podcast, once I get through my review, take your calls. I'm going to take your calls about SummerSlam. If you do want to call in at the end of the show, you can do so by calling in to 510-906-1341. Of course, like always, you can text message to get your thoughts read or put a super chat in the YouTube donation box just like Voltage Dylan did. Voltage Dylan did. He states, quote, Long time no see. Hope you and Nick are doing well. This is the first pay-per-view I've seen in a long time. I'd give it a 7.5 out of 10. I still believe Cena will get that 17th championship before he retires. I agree with that as well, Voltage. Voltage Dylan. Dylan. I'm like Dylan. I agree with that as well, Dylan. I think Cena will get the 17th title win before he he's done done. I think it's inevitable. But his first thing this show was a 7.5. Oh, no. I would go 8.5 at least, if not a 9. I really enjoyed... I really enjoyed most of this show. You know, I'm trying to think and stuff, but I'm going to say it. I really enjoyed most of this show. There's some, again, questionable things they did. And, yeah, we'll just stick with that. and We'll talk about it all as we get going. But I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Remember, if you are watching live, you can help us out on Twitch by hitting that donate button down below or donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also remember, you can subscribe to the channel here on Twitch one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime because if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And all you got to do is link your Amazon account to your Twitch account. Hell, it doesn't even have to be your Amazon account. It can be your moms, your dads, your brothers, your sisters, your girlfriends, your boyfriends, your uncles, your cousins, your neighbors, the guy that works at Starbucks down the street that you're kind of close with. It could be anybody's Amazon Prime account. All you got to do is link it to your Twitch account. Then you could subscribe to us right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited, for no extra cost on the flip side though if you're watching on youtube you can help us out in the live chat with a super chat donation just like voltage dylan did or a super sticker donation just like greg bryson did really do appreciate those also remember you can subscribe to the channel as a channel member you can subscribe that 
<clears throat> excuse me, you can subscribe to get early access to news, early access to podcasts, early access to non-news videos, and so much more. And the most direct way you can support us here is by heading over to patreon.com forward slash PWUnlimited. So with that, we've got SummerSlam. We've got SummerSlam to talk about. This show was nuts. This show was wild. This show was a little what the hell at times as well, though. Also, remember, guys, like I said, we will be taking calls at the end of the show. If you are watching live, the number will be scrolling across the bottom of the screen down here, as well as I will periodically put it in the live chat for you guys as well. Again, will not be taking those calls till after I finish up with my review. We got SummerSlam here. Legion Stadium. 51,000. What's the number again? Hold on. I can pull it up. 51,000. Bum, 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 bum. 51,326 people in attendance. And this place looked pretty packed. So we had the pre-show. And on Peacock, they don't do two different videos for such and such pre-show, such and such main card. It's just one thing. So people are confused. I'm getting tweets going, does SummerSlam really start at Fort Pacific? Does SummerSlam really start at Fort Pacific? And I'm like, nah, calm down. No. They just lump the, the kickoff show and the main show all in one thing. So that's the thing. Also, my Peacock was like two minutes behind for most of the show. So when it said... So when I'm getting tweets going, Roman won. What do you think of Roman winning? I go, Roman won. I haven't seen that yet. What? The, what Roman who? Huh? And then all of a sudden, I got a tweet that goes, Brock Lesnar's back at Timmy Buddy. What do you? What does this mean for Paul Heyman? And I go, Brock what? Roman just barely pinned Cena on my feet, and I'm like, fucking Peacock. I was all at least at least two minutes behind. At least two minutes behind because I got a tweet asking me about Brock and I didn't see Brock on my screen for like at least it was like two minutes, 10 seconds, two minutes, right around that. So I was like, fucking Peacock. But, but it is good that Peacock's got that rewind back or not back, but now because I was able to clip stuff out, put them up on social media and stuff. So it is good that. Peacock does now have a rewind and a fast forward function and a pause function for when you're watching live. So that, that's a plus, but Peacock, you got to get your stuff together, have the feed actually live with people that are there live, people that are watching on the WWE network internationally and just live for everybody. Cause literally I was behind, but my buddy that lives two minutes down the street was watching on Peacock and was not behind. I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was all my rewinding and stuff and not, I don't know. But regardless, we had the pre-show and we had a match on that pre-show. It was Big E against Baron Corbin. The match went three and a half minutes. Big E was in control until he missed a splash on the apron. Comeback was cut short after Corbin hit a deep six for a two. Corbin tried to leave with the briefcase. And for some reason, well, Big E tackled him into the barricade. Despite that big spot, Corbin managed to get away by simply following up with a back elbow. 
Corbin then tried to escape again, but Big E hit a spear through the ropes to the outside, followed by a big ending in the ring to pick up the victory. Big E wins. Crowd was mostly quiet for this match, but <clears throat> it was during the pre-show. Fans are still filing in. Fans are still going to concessions, getting their early merch, getting their food, their drinks, and all that. So the pre-show match not having a great reaction. There was a slim semblance of a pop when Big E won, but the crowd not having a great reaction for this is is justified because it was early on. People were still getting to their seats. People were still in line for food and drinks and whatnot. Also, they showed Logan Paul in the crowd here. Logan Paul will be on Monday Night Raw tomorrow. No. Here's the thing. I kept thinking all freaking day. Sunday. Okay, Sunday. All right. It's a, no, it's not Sunday. It's Saturday. Because SummerSlam, for the first time, was on a Saturday and screwed me all up. Also, I'm glad I didn't go to the theaters to watch this. I was like this close. Not this close. I was pretty close because I took my kids at 10 o'clock this morning to go see the Paw Patrol movie. And we walk into the theaters, and all of a sudden my son goes, John Cena and Roman Reigns. And I'm like, what? And he points. So I turn my head, boom, big old poster on the wall. John Cena and Roman Reigns. And I go, oh, this is a theater. This theater's showing. Because I didn't know if there was any theaters locally showing it. Theater was showing it. I was pretty close to, to going. But my first reason for not going and watching SummerSlam in a movie theater, which would have been dope, was... Eh, Probably going to kick me out because I'm going to be on my phone all the time live tweeting, huh? Probably kick me out for being on my phone. So I was like, you know what? Not even going to risk it. Not even going to try and risk it. But I'm glad I did watch from home because I was able to clip stuff out for Twitter and this and that. And thank you all for interacting on Twitter. I had a great uh, night on Twitter as far as the PW Unlimited channel does. Uh, tw Twitter account goes and stuff. Great interactive night on there. Also, I have a super chat from Jonathan Hill. He says, overall... I thought it was great. Wasn't digging the squash of Bianca and even Marie match, though Dewdrop was hilarious. Also, not digging Lesnar's new look. We'll get into all of that. I think Lesnar looks great. I think Lesnar looks like more, I think, to be honest, Lesnar looks like more of a badass than he's ever looked. Lesnar looks more, and, and as Pat McAfee called him, the alpha male of our species. He's like, look how big this guy is. He even got, like, usually, you know, someone returns and you got Michael Cole going, oh, they're back, oh, they're back. No, Pat McAfee had Michael Cole hyped up for this. But with that, as we move on to the main card, it kicked off with a seven-minute Raw Tag Team Championship match. It was AJ Styles and Omos defending the titles against Riddle and Randy Orton. The heels worked over Riddle early on until he ran up the turnbuckles and nailed Omos with a knee strike before fighting off Styles to tag in Orton. Orton gave Styles a draping DDT and set it for the RKO, but Omos pulled Styles from the ring. Riddle tried to go after Omos, but Omos caught him and slammed him on the apron. Riddle managed to push Omos into the post, but Styles took out Riddle with a reverse DDT on the outside, which looked awesome by by. My standards, at least. I thought it was pretty cool looking. Styles and Orton had a brief exchange to Orton hit an RKO for the pinfall victory. And RK Bro are now the new Raw Tag Team Champions. It was the only way to go. It was the only way to go. I do want to say thank you to... I'm going to 
try to say this name right, Kung Fu the Great One on Twitch for subscribing with Prime. I really do appreciate that. Kung Fu the Great One for your Prime subscription. I really do appreciate that. So going forward, we had Alexa Bliss and Eve Marie. Match went three minutes and 49 seconds or so. Or brief, we want Wyatt Chance. And if you didn't hear the news, because, well, yeah, if you didn't hear the news, I haven't put it out yet. I was super busy today with a lot of different things. SummerSlam, I had some editing, freelance editing jobs, taking my kids to the movie. So I didn't really get much news put out today. But according to Dave Meltzer, it's not 100%, but it's pretty much a lock that, well, Bray Wyatt's going to AEW. His non-compete's not up, so he can't sign a contract yet. But basically, when people were saying Aleister Black to AEW before his non-compete was up, same kind of vibe he's getting about Bray. So it looks like the former Bray Wyatt, Wyndham Rotunda, on his way to AEW. Looks like Wyndham is going to be all elite. Anyways, we got brief We Want Wyatt Chance early on. Crowd booed Eve Marie as she went for the doll. They also booed when she slapped it. I'm like, what? You're booing this? Well, yeah, I'd boo all of this, but still. Louder boos when she slapped the doll like they care for the doll. Eve Marie got a, quote, near fall after Bliss missed it a twisted Bliss. Bliss followed this soon up with a DDT and picked up the victory. There wasn't much to this. At one point, Eve Marie slapped um, Alexa with the doll as well. So afterwards, Dewdrop was kind of amused that Eva Marie lost. She then grabbed the mic and said, And the loser of this match, Eva Marie. And Eva Marie was like, What are you doing? What, huh? And she then grabs Eva Marie's robe, puts it on, and flaunts as she walks off. And I think it was Jimmy Smith goes, Well, didn't Eva Marie teach her how to flaunt like that? At least she learned something from her. Then we had Lacey Slater himself. Mario Lopez was in the back, and he interviewed Riddle and Orton about winning the tag titles. Orton said, it would, it would be smooth sailing from here on out. Orton left, and Riddle goes, oh, Orton's my new best friend, and I got a surprise for him come Monday on Raw. And, yeah, I have no clue what that surprise is going to be. Mario Lopez is good in this role, unlike... Tiffany Haddish later on, but I've never been a Tiffany Haddish fan. I never thought she was funny or anything. She did all right. I thought AC Slater, Mario Lopez was better in this role. They had two celebrities, but yeah. Plus, Mario Lopez is probably better in this role because it's his job to do stuff like this on, what is it, Access Hollywood, I think it is? Which one is Mario Lopez on? What is he on, Entertainment Tonight or Access Hollywood? I always forget. Um... Mario Lopez. Entertainment Tonight. That's what it was. That's what it is. Mario Lopez. I think. Hold on. Mario Lopez is on. Which one is he on? Let me know, chat. I always forget. Access Hollywood. Okay, gotcha. He's on. Oh, okay. So he used to be, he was on Extra and then is now on Access Hollywood. I knew he like moved from one to the other. Anyways, anyways. No, 
not Heath Slater unbroken, AC Slater from Saved by the Bell, old Mario Lopez. Anyways, next up, we had the United States Championship on the line in a 14 or so minute match. It was Sheamus defending his Damian Priest. This was a fun match, and this was a match that I was actually looking forward to because it was something different. Early on, Priest took out Sheamus with a dive where he does the whole step up the ropes and then does like just a front flip but doesn't really fly with it. And he landed hard on his lower back and tailbone, like hard, to where when he stood up, you can tell that he was like, oh, that didn't feel good. And he grabbed his lower back and was kind of like looking around and then just fought through it. He, he, yeah. Sheamus blocked a spinning kick attempt at one point and drove Priest into the post. Sheamus had control for a while until Priest came back with a DDT. Priest followed this up with a spinning heel kick off the top for a two. Sheamus used a rolling senton and went to the top. Priest tried to block. Sheamus yanked him over the top before hitting a flying clothesline and an Alabama slam for a two. Sheamus then headbutted Priest with a with the metal mask after he yanked it off of him and went for a broke kick, but Priest countered with a jumping knee and a sit-out chokeslam for a two. Priest tried a springboard move, but Sheamus caught him with a knee strike. Heavy-looking knee strike. Only got a two off it, though. Sheamus applied a heel hook. Priest sat up, looked at Sheamus, said, no, you don't, and yanked the mask off his face and hammered away at his face as Sheamus started yelling, my nose, my nose. Priest then followed this up with a spinning heel kick and the reckoning to pick up the victory and become the new WWE United States Champion. Crowd, got a little quiet here. I'm like partway into this match and whatnot. And yeah, they came back a little bit during the next match. It was the Usos defending the SmackDown Tag Team Championships against Ray and Dominic Mysterio. The Mysterios, well, first off, in the back, Ray once again told Dominic not to get over coffee, over confident and cocky. The Mysterios took out the Usos with dives early on, and Dominic followed this up with the three amigos on Jimmy Uso, which led to an Eddie chant from the crowd. However, Jay had made the blind tag, and he shoved Dominic off the top rope to the barricade to take control. Dominic fought back and made the hot tag to Ray, who gave Jimmy a DDT for a two. Jimmy came back with a super kick for a two. Ray tried a springboard move, but Jay super kicked him and hit an Uso splash for a near fall. Dominic went after Jay, but Jay dropped him on the apron. Jimmy then missed the splash. Ray followed up with a 619. Ray tried the frog splash, but Jimmy got his knees up and hit a super kick. Jay tagged in, and they each hit super kicks. Jay hit a splash on Ray on, I think it was his back. Rolled him over, pinned him, and the Usos retained the tag team titles, which fully expected. Bloodline ain't dropping them belts if Roman ain't dropping them belts. Like, if they're all going to have the belts, they're all going to have the belts. Because it was a really cool, a really cool visual when we went into the main event where Roman's standing there. Heyman's next to him. Roman's got his lay on. Heyman's got a lay on. Heyman's holding the universal belt. And the Usos are like this with their tag titles. Great visual there. Also, speaking of entrances, it's a little scoop for you guys. I haven't seen anybody else report. So the reason we had so little of what you would call a stage, because WWE actually didn't have much time to go in there and set stuff up. You guys didn't know, 
the Las Vegas Raiders actually played in the stadium this past Saturday, last week, seven days ago. The WWE couldn't go in there and do anything. WWE, usually when they go to a stadium, likes to have a week and a half to two weeks to, to do whatever they want to do. WWE couldn't go in there till at least Monday. Game was on Saturday night. The next day, after everything was cleaned up from the football game, the grounds crew had to go in, pull up all the uh, the grass. WWE don't do that. They have their own people that does that. Pull up all the grass. I was told that WWE was not able to get in there till Monday. They knew they were going to have a quick turnaround, so they didn't didn't set up anything big. And it was a good thing they didn't try to rush stuff because then come Tuesday, unexpectedly, they had to stop any construction they were doing because the Las Vegas Raiders held a press conference in the building and they couldn't do construction or any. They couldn't have been doing any work while that press conference was going on. So, again, they knew they weren't going to have as much time as they normally did to get the stage and everything put together, so they went minimalistically. And it was a good thing they did because they actually lost half a day on Tuesday because of the Raiders stuff with the mask mandate and COVID and all that. So, a little scoop for you guys. I hadn't seen anybody else report that, but I was told mm, Tuesday that WWE is a little upset that they didn't have an, as much time as normal to get the building ready. And then I was told today that they're I was literally told, quote, actually, let me pull it up, the message I got. Quote, officials are very happy that they went with a minimalistic look for the stage because they actually lost half a day on Tuesday due to the Raiders press conference. So, yeah. So going forward, where was I? Tiffany Haddish interviewed Damian Priest. He said he was happy to have beaten the bully and was proud to be the new U.S. champion. He then, he then had a line that he says, most people say that this is not the land of opportunity. But I can say that this is because I have gotten this opportunity. Myself, coming from the small little, little area of New York that I come from, I have gotten an opportunity and I have taken that opportunity. So he said the line, People say that this is not the land of opportunity. But I think it is because I got the opportunity and I seized it. I thought that was interesting. An interesting line there. Going forward, Rick Boogs, I guess they had to fill for time. Rick Boogs came out, played Nakamura's theme, introduced Nakamura. Nakamura came out. Pat McAfee danced on the announce desk. Boogs and Nakamura joined him, and they all had a grandiose time. So, we learned that, well, the Sasha-Bianca match ain't happening. Whatever they had planned here, it got cut. Like the time and everything, because they didn't go as long as they were expecting to go. I'm going to say it right now. Seven, for everybody that goes, man, how long have they been holding on to Becky for SummerSlam? How long has this been in the plans? Less than a week? Seven days ago. They thought Sasha and Bianca was going to happen. Not yesterday's SmackDown, but the previous SmackDown, everything was fine. Everything was hunky-dory as far as Friday the 13th goes. But then we go Saturday the 14th, and something's up. No Sasha Bianca at the live event in North Carolina. Then we go Sunday the 15th, something's up. No Sasha Bianca, live event, South Carolina. And throughout the week, 
They're still promoting Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair for the title. Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair for the title. Mike Johnson of PW Insider reports, hey, the match seems to be on. I've been told things are looking good. Then, uh, two days later, Mike Johnson comes and goes, never mind. Nope, Sasha ain't at SmackDown. Not a good sign for money for, for SummerSlam. Then, Wrestling Inc. reports today, Sasha ain't there. Sasha ain't wrestling tonight. And what happens? No Sasha Banks. So up to the up to the moment Bianca Belair is in the ring, they're still promoting this match as Sasha Bianca. And some can say, well, that's false advertising if they knew she wasn't actually there. And I'm like, yes and no, but whatever. So Bianca Belair makes her way out to the ring, and I go, yep, Sasha ain't coming out because, well, I'm like, because whenever the champion comes out first, either a change is being made or they're not winning, just like we saw with Nikki Ash. Came out first, and she didn't win. Anyways, anyways. Bianca comes down, does her entrance and everything. She's all raring to go. And then Greg Hamilton says, Unfortunately, Sasha Banks is unable to compete tonight and will not be in this match. Bianca Belair's new opponent will be the most beautiful woman in all of WWE, Carmella. And Bianca's got this look on her face like, what? Huh? And the crowd boos. Pat McAfee stunned. I wonder if Pat really didn't know. Because Pat played this up like he didn't know. He literally tells Michael Cole, Cole, did you know about this? Cole, you let me sit here and say that Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks are going to have a banger of a match. Did you know about this, Michael Cole, and let me look stupid saying that? And Michael Cole goes, hey, you knew what I knew. I had no clue what was going on here. So, Belair's disappointed. She grabs the mic and says, you know what? This is going to happen one day. But I'll be fine beating her here tonight. It looks like the match is about to start. They look at each other. Bianca hands the ref the, the belt. The referee lifts the belt above his head. The crowd gets quieter and quieter. And as the referee's hands go to come down, to put the belt down, to say, ring the bell, we hear, whoa! Whoa! Crowd erupts inside of Allegiant Stadium as the man returns at SummerSlam. Out comes Becky Lynch. She's wearing a shirt that says, the man is back in Vegas. And I get a fucking tweet going, so how long has the Becky return been in the works? I mean, she's got a t-shirt. And my response was, I can design and have that t-shirt printed in the next 45 minutes. Like, I, it's, it's not hard to create a simple t-shirt like that and have it printed quick. They've had at least, from what I'm hearing, and this isn't 100%, but from what I'm hearing, they've known for at least four or five days, I ain't got Sasha. I don't know what is going on. I'm not going to speculate because that is not my business. I know my job is to tell you things as far as what's going on behind the scenes, but it is not my business to 
to say why somebody is not at a show. I'm not going to speculate if they're hurt, if they're sick, if they've got an emergency in their family. I'm not going to speculate any of that because that's all personal stuff. If the company wants to put it out, if she wants to put it out, then I'll tell you, hey, this is why. But I'm not going to, especially with what everybody keeps trying to to say it is, no one's been able to confirm it. So, anyways, Becky makes her way down to the ring. Crowd's going, ape shit bananas. And she gets in the ring. Looks at Bianca. She looks at Carmel and she kicks Carmel in the gut. She then tells Bianca, hold on, I'll be right back. She gets out and beats the ass of Carmella a little more for jumping in the ring. Becky grabs a mic and says, she and Belair should blow the roof off this joint. Bianca thinks about it for a minute. They're staring at each other, and the ref's just looking like, what am I doing? Am I ringing the bell? Are you guys actually going to fight? And finally, Bianca goes, let's do it. So the ref's like, all right, ding, 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 ring the bell. 25 seconds later, the match is over. Becky wins with the fucking manhandle slam, the rock bottom. She offers a handshake to Bianca Belair. Bianca goes, okay, I can take that handshake. Goes to reach in for the handshake. Boom! Becky clubs her with an elbow. Forearm to the face. Grabs her with a manhandle slam, a rock bottom. Pins her one, two, three. Match goes 25, 26 seconds. Yikes. What the hell? Half the crowd pops. Like, it was a good pop, but it wasn't the full crowd because they were stunned. They thought they were going to sit there and witness a fucking real Bianca Belair-Becky Lynch match. Becky celebrates with the belt. She starts yelling, I'm back, I'm back. Pat McAfee's like, yeah, you are back, Becky. Bianca's in the corner trying not to cry. She gets out of the ring. She goes to walk up the ramp. Camera's still on her. She's still... Dumbfounded as we are. I'm going to say kudos, Bianca Belair. She played this like a top-tier actress would. Like she played this. Give this woman the Golden Globe or the Academy Award. Because Bianca Belair played this and sold this and reacted to all of this. Truh. Tremendously. Next movie WWE has that needs a lead female, put Bianca Belair in it. Because she was great here. From the way she was confused, no Sasha. Oh, I got to take on Carmel. Then Becky comes out and she's more confused what's going on. Then the way she kind of pondered about, do I accept Becky's challenge? Then the way she sold it at the end when she's sitting in the in the corner, like, holy crap. Cody, uh, Cowboys vet says, turn Bianca heel. No, Becky's the fucking heel. I'm going to say it right now. Becky's the heel against the babyface Bianca. And. Because, like, Becky Lynch is just a phenomenal, not many females better than her as being a babyface. But there's something about her that I think we can see a Bailey shift here. Where I think she can be just that tremendous, cocky, 
Don't fuck with me. I don't give no fucks. Heal. Kind of like we saw with Bailey, where we go, Bailey's the greatest baby face of all time, as far as women go. She can't be a, a heel. And then she was better as a heel than a baby face. Ho! No! Give me heel Seth. Heel Becky. And let's have them take on Edge and Beth Phoenix. We'll talk more about that later. But who? Becky with Seth, the Drip King, and the Drip Queen. Oh, how great would that be? How great would that be? Speaking of great, speaking of great, WWE had a great little moment here. They introduced two Olympic gold medalists, Ramara Mensha, Mensha Stock and Gable Stevenson. Both won the gold medal in wrestling for the U.S. of A. WWE brought them out, touted them. They both want to go to WWE. Stevenson, though, is the smarter of the two. Stevenson, because because Tamara won the gold medal. She was interviewed by NBC Sports. She's like, yeah, I want to go wrestle for WWE now. But Gable Stevenson, he's playing all the sides. He keeps saying, do you want me to go to WWE? Where should I do? I think he's even tweeted about AEW at one point. Like, this guy is smart. But for some reason, he didn't come out with his medal. I don't know why. She came out with hers. And then she kept she kept egging him on. You want to do a backflip? Come on. Give us a backflip. Gabe, Gable, you want to do a backflip? But he didn't do one. At least not that we saw on, on TV. But this was a great, great, great little segment for WWE. It was about a minute or two long. Wasn't wasn't like over the top or anything. They t- brought him out. They let him say hi to the crowd. You're Olympic gold medalist. We could have the first ever female Olympic gold medalist in WWE soon. So next up, we had a four and a half minute match. It was Drew McIntyre against Jinder Mahal. Byron Saxon said that Mahal wanted to do this on his own. And I think it was Byron that goes, no, Saxton. Veer and Shanky are banned from ringside because Mahal beat him on Monday. <laughs> and, and Byron just tries to keep his narrative going. He's like, yeah, well, you know, Ginger still wants to prove himself against Drew. So Mahal was briefly in control early until McIntyre hit four consecutive overhead suplexes, followed by a Claymore kick to pick up the victory. They kept this short and sweet, and that's all they needed. Jinder out here doing media yesterday going, we'll see what happens with me and me and Drew at SummerSlam, but I'd like to keep this going. Maybe do a Punjabi prison match. And I go, no, no. <clears throat> going forward, Veer and Shanky entered to help Mahal out of the ring. And as they left, McIntyre took a swing. And I think somebody on commentary, maybe have been Jimmy Smith, said, Shanky almost got shanked. <laughs> I was like, oh. Next up, we had a triple threat match for about 13 minutes for the Raw Women's Championship. It was Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, and Nikki A.S.H. And like I said, when the champion comes out first, it ain't going to go well for the champ. And it didn't go well for Nikki. So, I believe... Correct. I need to send a text message really fast. Uh, hold on, guys, because I have I have a theory here. 
asking about Nikki Cross's entrance. Because to me, it sounded like they piped in cheers. All right, see if we get a response to that. Because I'm texting my buddy that was, was there live. He was in the media suite, which the media people got taken care of. They had nice little suite, a nice suite that they were all in. They had places to plug in their phone and laptops, and they had catering. The media people got taken care of tonight. Anyways, there was a lot of fast-paced action going on early with all three women. There was a big spot early on where Charlotte Flair had Nikki Cross in her arms for a fallaway slam, but Ripley grabbed Charlotte. And brought them both down with a German suplex. I think we've seen her do this before. As Ripley and Charlotte fought. Oh, what? Getting a text back. Okay, okay. So I asked, did Nikki get a good reaction from the live crowd? On TV, it sounded like fake cheers. His response was, she did not. When she held the title up, not a huge, not a huge cheer. Very Miz. Oh, she got like a Miz. Oh, mixed. Never mind. Very mixed. But sounded on TV. He said Charlotte Flair got a big reaction. Interesting. Charlotte Flair also won. Hmm. Shows you that maybe WWE is not fully off when they're pushing Charlotte Flair so heavy. Hmm. Interesting. So, like I said, uh, Rhea did the German suplex as Ripley and Charlotte fought on the outside. Nikki wiped them all out with a flying cross body. Ripley and Nikki had Charlotte up for a delayed vertical suplex at one point, and then Charlotte countered it into a double DDT. Nikki and Ripley were on the outside, and Charlotte did her twisting moonsault to the floor. And, oh, I hope Nikki Cross is okay. Because when... She did this. Charlotte did this moonsault. They were actually like too far back. And when they crashed down, you can see Nikki's head just go right into the barricade. And she immediately grabs the back of her head. And the camera's like, hold on. She's like laying right here. The camera's in her face like this. So... You can see, I, I don't know if it was great selling or whatever, but she was grimacing like, ooh, and she grabbed the back of her head, and she kind of like didn't move for a minute. So oh, I hope she's fine. Completed, completed the match, so that's good. So with Nikki, uh, like I said, she did the twisting moonsault to the floor, and Nikki Cross took the brunt of that. Ripley put Nikki in a standing cloverleaf. Charlotte tried a big boop, but Ripley ducked and put her in the cloverleaf. Charlotte countered and applied a figure eight, but Nikki flew off the top rope to break it up. Nikki gave Charlotte a swinging neck breaker, but Ripley broke up the pin attempt. Nikki then reversed a riptide into a DDT, but Ripley fell to the outside. She couldn't, couldn't take the advantage here. Nikki then tried a, a flying crossbody, but Charlotte simply sidestepped it and applied the figure eight for the submission victory. Charlotte Flair picks up the win, Nikki Ash, A-S-H, whatever you want to call her, taps out. Charlotte Flair is now a 12-time, count them, 12, 12-time 
10 to 12 time women's champion in WWE. That's not even counting the NXT championship. So technically, I'm going to I'm going to double check this, but she should be 14. Hold on. Carla Flair title wins. It is the 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 13 14. If they count NXT, which they weren't counting a year ago, it should be 14. Going forward, but Edge versus Seth Rollins and oh, was this great. From the get-go was this great. First off, Seth Rollins makes his way down to the ring. Wearing a nice black ensemble with gold trim. I can't remember exactly the reference Michael Cole makes, but he dates himself. And then he shows how much younger Pat McAfee is because like, he's just like, who? What? Whatever you called him. I don't know who that is, Cole. Seth's in the ring, takes off the jacket, puts it down, looks off to the crowd, and we hear, hey, and the brood music plays. Fucking Edge rises from the ground. I don't know how they did this from the stadium floor. Edge rises through the smoke. He's got the glasses on. Fire. On the screens, because for some reason there was no pyro. I don't know why I asked and didn't get a, re- a response. Walks down the ramp, gets about halfway down, bends over, lights go down, music fades, and then we hear, You think you know me, know me. And that's real music plays, it's regular music plays, but how fucking dope was it that he had? a partial brood entrance, and they actually had him rise from wherever he rose from. This was fantastic. I loved it, and I loved this match. This match was phenomenal. Went 21 and a half minutes, and it could have gone longer. It could have gone another four or five minutes. I was enthralled. Edge was in control early on until Rollins drove him into the post before smashing his head and neck into the seal steps. Rollins continued to target the neck by hitting a neck breaker in the ring. Rollins then hit a sling blade and set it for a stomp, but Edge rolled into the corner. Rollins remained in control and hit a flying knee. Michael Cole called it a glancing blow, and Pat McAfee goes, well, yeah, when Rollins came off the the ropes to hit that knee, Edge turned his body, so Seth missed most of it. Edge then came back with a flapjack, but Rollins knocked him off the turnbuckle and hit a frog splash for a two. Rollins again set up for a stomp, but Edge rolled to the corner. It battled for position until Edge nailed a swinging neckbreaker off the top. Crowd gave them a great applause here. Edge hit a clothesline, a big boot, and an execution DDT to pick up the victory. He followed this up with the Edge-O-Matic for a two. Rollins then came back with a suplex into a Falcon Arrow for a two. Edge avoided a curb stomp and reversed a pedigree to a glam slam for a two. I love him doing the glam slam. A little tribute to his wife, Beth Phoenix. Or as, as Santino would call her, oh, the Glamalamazon, Beth Phoenix. Gotta love Santino and Beth. That was some great shit. Anyways, Edge went after Rollins. But Rollins dropped him with a neckbreaker on the ropes. 
Rollins went for a stomp on the apron, but Edge avoided it and speared Rollins to the outside. They did the big E spot. Edge then drove Rollins into the side of the ring and covered him back in the ring for a two. Edge then slowly went for a spear, but Rollins caught him with a pedigree for a near fall. And on commentary, they tried to say, we've never seen a, a Michael Cole said, we've never seen a spear countered into a pedigree. Pat, Pat McAfee then goes, the authority is probably watching on and very impressed by that one, Cole. But we have seen that before. We have seen Triple H counter a spear into a pedigree before. So that ain't the first time we've seen it. I can't remember who he did it with, but I know we've seen that spot before. It may have been Batista, but I'm not 100%. You guys do remember, let me know in the live chat or the comments below. Rollins then tries the Phoenix splash, but Edge dodged and hit a spear for a near fall. Crowd then went and chanted, this is awesome. This is awesome. This is awesome. This is awesome. Edge then goes for the unprettier, the kill switch Christians move, but Rollins slipped out and clocked him in the back of the neck before hitting a thrust kick. Rollins went for a stomp, but Edge grabbed his foot and applied an educator. Michael goes, oh, Edge is bringing out all the stops. He's now brought back the educator. And Pat Mack, he's like, the educator, the execution, the edge omega, everything. Gotta love it. Rollins then countered. And Edge caught him in a cross face. Rollins tried to fight out, but Edge responded by smashing Rollins' face against the mat repeatedly. Edge reapplied the cross face, and Rollins had no choice but to tap out. Edge picks up the big victory tonight. This, this was great. This match was so good. So good. Mike Rome lets us know. Tonight's attendance is 51,326, breaking the all-time SummerSlam record. I don't think it's the Allegiant Stadium record. They would have said it. I'm going to look that up. Stadium record. Um, yeah, because... Let's see, bum, 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 bum. a full Allegiant Stadium can easily fit 65,000. And I think in a Garth Brooks concert that did close to that there, I want to say. I think. Going forward, we had a segment that we didn't need, a nothing segment with John Morrison, The Miz, and Xavier Woods, who thought he was Razor Ramon. No. Wolfpack Scott Hall, actually, if you think about it. John Morrison and Miz come out earlier in the night. They showed up on the pre-show in a big water truck. And they're like, we got a, we got a, what they call it? We got a surprise for everybody in attendance or whatever. That played into nothing later on. It was stupid. So... Miz and Morrison are in the ring. Miz wanted Morrison to bring out the Drip Stick 2000. And Morrison goes, well, I thought you had it, Miz. And Miz is like, no, you're supposed to have it. It's your thing. And he's like, I don't got it. And all of a sudden, as they're arguing, here comes Xavier Woods. He's got Wolfpack gear on. He's wearing Scott Hall-like vest. He's got his hair all slicked back or whatever. And he's like, hey, yo, 
Got the toothpick. And there's a new New Day shirt. It is an NWO New Day shirt. But instead of saying NWO, it says NDR New Day Rocks. Kind of cool, but whatever. Basically, he's wearing this. He's got this super soaker. Got a big pack of water on the back of it. And he rambles on for a little while. Woods made a few Scott Hall references. The crowd either didn't get it or didn't care. Probably didn't care. Then eventually he just soaks Miz and Morrison to a completely silent building. New Day always gets a great reaction. But this was so garbage that Woods got no reaction. Because nobody knew what this was and how to react to this. There was foreshadowing to something like this back on Monday. So back on Monday on Raw, Miz and Morrison were in the back, kind of dejected and kind of down on themselves. And New Day were behind them with this like sign or whatever that said, buy our shirt. So they teased that something's coming up with Miz Morrison and the New Day. And it all started up here. But this was bad. You know what else was bad? The seven minute and 12 minute match that could have been better than it was, but they just booked this to be stupid. And it was Bobby Lashley defending the WWE Championship against Bill Goldberg. Lashley went for a running shoulder tackle, but Goldberg didn't budge. He no-sold it. Goldberg knocked down Lashley with a running shoulder tackle of his own and hit a couple of body slams. The crowd lightly booed as Goldberg posed for the crowd. You know, he's supposed to be the babyface. Lashley fought back and set up with a jackhammer. Goldberg blocked it. And Lashley, uh, Goldberg blocked him, and Lashley hit a flatliner. Lashley then went to the top, which everybody was stunned. Like, Bobby Lashley never goes to the top rope. What is this? And Goldberg just grabbed him and threw him down. Goldberg set up for a spear. As the crowd booed, an MVP pulled Lashley out of the ring. The crowd chanted for MVP because they're like, yeah, we don't want Goldberg to have an advantage in this match at all. Goldberg then speared Lashley on the outside. Lashley rolled to the rolled around for a minute. And MVP clocked Goldberg in the knee with the referee distracted. And we move on from there. Lashley starts attacking the knee. Lashley went for the hurt lock, but Goldberg powers out. Lashley goes for a chop block. Goldberg rolls around in the uh, outside of the ring, selling the leg and the knee. Lashley hoisted him up and drove him leg first into the post. Lashley did it again and then pushed him back into the ring. He set him up for a spear, but Goldberg was down selling. Couldn't stand, and the crowd's booing, and booing, and booing. Ooh! Referee's checking on Goldberg. Goldberg tries to stand up, can't put any pressure on the leg. And then what happens? The ref goes, nope, it's over. Can't do it. He can't compete. Calls the match. Mike Roman says, and your winner, and still, WWE Champion, Bobby Lashley. The match is over. Goldberg is out of it. Well, not out of it, but can't stand. He's hurt. All of a sudden, somebody jumps Goldberg from, or Bobby Lashley from behind. Jumps up on his back, tries to choke him, or whatever, you know. And it's fucking Gage Goldberg. Now, immediately, Lashley grabs the guy off of his back, flips him around him, hurt lock. 
got him in the hurt lock, got him in the hurt lock, and then all of a sudden just drops him. Lashley starts, or MVP starts yelling. MVP quickly, give me a mic, I need a mic, give me a mic, give me a mic. And he just goes, hey, 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 they just want to say there is no way that Bobby Lashley could have known that that was Goldberg's son. Somebody attacks him from behind, and he's just defending himself. There is no way that he could have known that that was Goldberg's son. So he's trying to justify all this. MVP's just like, let's go. So they go get to going. They get to stepping. Goldberg crawls over, grabs his son who's unconscious, and just yells, I'm going to kill you! I'm going to kill you! Or fucking keeping this alive. What the hell? We're getting more Goldberg Lashley. You've got to be fucking kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. We're getting more Goldberg Lashley. Holy fuck. When? I don't know. We got Extreme Rules. They announced that coming up on the 26th, I want to say. I can tell you right now. 26th. Also, it was announced, WWE going back to Elysian Stadium. When? WrestleMania? No, that's in Dallas next year. Maybe WrestleMania the following year? No. Uh-uh. That's in that's in Los Angeles, Inglewood the following year. 2024, WrestleMania in, in, in Vegas, Allegiant Stadium? I don't know. But they're going back in 2022, whether that's July 2nd or July 3rd. But they announced 4th of July weekend, 2022. Money in the bank. Inside Allegiant Stadium. Yeah, they're doing it, ladies and gentlemen. There is the possibility of two stadium shows back-to-back in the U.S. for the WWE next year, July, August. Money in the Bank, SummerSlam. There is going to be at least now possibly three to four stadium shows in the United States for WWE next year. You've got um you've got Royal Rumble. Looks like it's gonna be in St. Louis, possibly in the baseball stadium. I don't know where else they got in St. Louis. They don't got a football f- team anymore. They still got the old football field they could use. I don't know. You got WrestleMania, AT&T Stadium, you got Money in the Bank, Allegiant Stadium, SummerSlam. We didn't get no word for next year's SummerSlam, which is weird because a lot of times after summer, during SummerSlam, they say next year SummerSlam is here. So maybe they're still trying to secure where they're going to go for SummerSlam next year. But I would assume you do SummerSlam in a big old stadium this year. You do money in a bank in a stadium. You got to do SummerSlam in a stadium as well because it would look bad. It, I think it might look bad if Money in the Bank does like fifty thousand inside Allegiant Stadium, and then you go to like I don't know, you go to like the Staples Center. In Los Angeles with 26,000. So, we'll see. We'll see where they go for SummerSlam next year. But it has been confirmed and a press release has been sent out. Allegiant Stadium will hold money in the bank next year over 4th of July weekend. They don't have the date locked down 100% as far as if it's going to be a Saturday or a Sunday show. Whether that is July 2nd or July 3rd. Wild. Did not ever expect money in the bank to be in a stadium. 
That's nuts. That's nuts. But then, oh, we got our main event, buddy. We got our main event, and boy, was this a main event caliber match. This match was built up with the hype it deserved, and I'm glad that it was Pat McAfee on commentary because this is, if you ever need a hype guy on commentary, if a wrestling company goes, we want somebody that can just hype up anything on our commentary, you look at a Pat McAfee and go, we need somebody like him because Pat McAfee is the ultimate hype guy in professional wrestling ever. I'm going to say it, ever. Because Pat McAfee knows how to get shit over. But he didn't have to do much because Reigns and Cena did that themselves, especially, especially last night on SmackDown. Early on, Reigns takes control and deliberately worked over Cena for a while. Like he methodically, slowly, he was working so slow that Pat McAfee kept saying, geez, this looks like a day off for our tribal chief. He took his time. He posed with the belt on the steel steps. Reigns was talking crap. Just casually looking back at Cena going, yeah, you're down. Hold on, let me throw you in the ring really fast. Hoists him up for an AA. Cena does because Roman's taking too much of his sweet-ass time. Reigns counters and hits a DDT, though, and gets a two. Reigns then stares at the camera and apologizes. Hey, Hollywood, sorry I'm beating up your guy. Cena tried to mount a comeback. Reigns cuts him off right hand to the jaw. Cena tried to roll up for like the third time in this match. Reigns quickly kicks out, applies the sleeper hold guillotine. Cena broke free, drives Reigns into the corner. Cena follows up the clothesline and a shoulder tackle for a two. Cena did the, you can't see me, taunt to Roman Reigns, which just got him caught in a guillotine. Cena then, Flipped it into a cover and Reigns kicked out and hit a Superman punch. Cena countered a spear by kicking Roman in the head before hitting a five-knuckle shuffle. Cena then hits the AA, near fall. Cena applies the STF, but Reigns gets to the ropes to break it. Reigns follows this up with a drive-by. Reigns went after Roman, or Reigns, Reigns can't go after himself. Reigns went after Cena on the outside and Cena grabbed him and hit an AA through the announce table, but mm, gets him back in the ring and not enough to keep down the big dog. Cena went for a diving leg drop. Roman power bombs him. Gets a two off of it. Cena avoids and ducks a Superman punch at one point and uses a schoolboy for a two. Reigns slipped out of another AA attempt and had a Superman punch for a two. Reigns went for a spear, but Cena dodged and Reigns went, went shoulder first into the post. The first sign of Oh, crap, Cena's going to get some advantage here. Like the first big sign. We had a sign of it, you know, a little bit with the, the AA through the announce table and stuff, but he took that spear to the uh, post. And Cena went on the attack. Cena grabs Reigns and uses that Cena strength that I'm not human. I'm a machine robot strength. The hoist Roman Reigns up on the middle rope. Nope, the top rope. It is an avalanche AA, but it doesn't keep down Roman Reigns. And we get a, this is awesome. This is awesome. Chant from the crowd as this match is just nuts. Cena did the Reigns pose and went for a spear, but Reigns kicked them. 
traded right hands until Reigns hit consecutive Superman punches. Reigns then yells out, I am WWE, set up for a spear. Reigns hits that spear and pins Cena. This was an all-time classic SummerSlam main event. Heyman gets in the ring, hands Roman the belt. Roman holds the belt up high as he is standing over John Cena, legs straddled on either side. He's standing there like we see Roman do at the end of pay-per-views for the last year. He's just standing there. And then we hear, Paul Heyman is scared shitless. He falls to his knees. His face is just like, oh no, what, what is going on? Brock Lesnar comes out. Ponytail. Full beard, and Roman standing there like, this motherfucker gonna ruin my moment. And Paul Heyman is just down on his knees, clutching the Universal Championship. Clutching the Universal Championship. Lesnar soaks it all in because he's a consummate professional. He is a performer. He knows what he's doing. He soaks in the 51,326 cheers inside Allegiant Stadium. He walks down to the ring, as Pat McAfee tells us. This is the alpha male of our speed. No, he says, and I quote, the alpha male of our species is back. Brock Lesnar walks around, gets up on the ring steps that have been pulled away from the ring when Roman Reigns did his thing. And he just stares at Roman Reigns. He gets into the ring. Heyman scampering back. Gets on the apron. Other side of the ropes. He's just like, stop. Please don't do it. No, Brock. What are you doing? And Roman's just standing there like, what's up? You gonna come at me? What are we gonna do? And Heyman's just, he like grabs, he like hits Roman's leg a couple times. Goes, we gotta go. Let's go. No, not now. Come on. Let's go. Finally, Heyman and Reigns walk off. Brock's just in the ring with that Brock grin like, I got your number, motherfucker. I got you. And my first thought was, please have mercy. Let Brock cut his own promos. Because we know he is such a great talker. He could talk shit with some of the best of them. Remember back in 2003, 2004 when he was WWE champion and he was cutting promos on guys like Kurt Angle and Bill Goldberg? And then remember... Back in the day when he was in UFC and he was hyping up all his own matches and he was cutting promos on everybody, just talking shit like, let Brock speak for himself. I get it. They might be scared that he goes off script, but I don't think he will because Brock is a pro. But if we get freaking Brock Lesnar cutting his own promo this Friday on SmackDown, God, that would be great. But now the question is, what does Heyman do? Are we going to get another Survivor Series 2002? You guys don't remember what happened at Survivor Series 2002. Paul Heyman was the manager, the advocate, the guy that was saying that Brock Lesnar can do no wrong. He is your WWE champion and he is the greatest thing to ever live. But he wasn't as loyal as we thought because in 2002 at Survivor Series, Paul Heyman screwed Brock Lesnar to help the Big Show win the WWE Championship. 
Now the question is, does he do it to Roman? Does he pull a Survivor Series 2002 and screw Roman Reigns out of the Universal Championship helping his old pal Brock Lesnar? I don't know. And I am thoroughly intrigued by this. Thoroughly intrigued by what is gonna come of Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns and where Paul Heyman fits into all of this. We knew it would eventually come to fruition. We knew it would. But I'm so intrigued. Like, I'm legit excited to see where this goes. Because I have a little faith that Heyman's going to get enough say to make this good. Because I've been, I was told that he had a lot of say in this Roman Reigns, John Cena stuff. So if he has a lot of say in the Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar stuff, boy, this could be great. This could be some just fantastic television. I want Brock and Roman cutting promos on each other. Like I want Brock. We know Brock is good on the mic. And the show ends. And Brock's got that smirk, and he's laughing. This crowd is going nuts. And then this. I need to pull up Twitter for you guys. If you guys did not see it, this happens. The show was not over for the live crowd. The show, I'll say it right now, was not over for the live crowd. Because what happened? What happened? Brock Lesnar went into business for himself. We got a video here from our own baby Huey, friend of the show, in the click. I'm going to play it for you right here. Pull this video up. Brock Lesnar went and attacked John Cena. He took him to Suplex City and then gave him an F5. Yeah. Brock. Attacked Cena afterwards. Could this mean something? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what this means. But it was a cool little thing for the live crowd. But with that, guys, that was SummerSlam. That was an interesting show. It was a roller coaster of emotions. The show starts out, and I'm like, oh, this is an all right show. Then we get that Eve Marie Dewdrop, or Eve Marie Dewdrop, Alexa Bliss, whatever thing. And I go, eh, okay, that was expected to be a downer. And then we get the Becky return, and I legit get some tears in my eyes. I'm like, oh my God, why am I getting emotional for this? I wasn't that big of a Becky fan. And then she wins in 25 seconds, and I go, what the, what the, huh? But then we get Edge and Seth. You whatever bullshit Goldberg and Lashley was. And then we get. Roman Reigns and John Cena, which was a masterclass on heel versus babyface main eventing on a big show. Now, you guys have heard what I had to say about this show. But now, 
I want to hear from you guys. I want to know what you guys thought of tonight's SummerSlam. I'm going to open up for calls now. With that, if you guys want to let me know what you thought of tonight's SummerSlam, you can do so by ooh, you can do so by calling or texting in five one zero. One second to switch something over here, so that way it will work properly. But you can do so by calling or texting in to five one zero nine zero six thirteen forty one. Again, that number is five one zero nine zero six thirteen forty one. Plugged in. Why won't it plug in? All right, there we go. Get the headphones on. So in case I get some calls, I can hear you guys. All right. So with that, we have a number of text messages we can go through. But we got to check the polls first as far as the Twitch poll does go. And I know Twitch poll, eh, I wish Twitch polls ran for longer. I don't like the whole just 10-minute Twitch polls. But as far as Twitch poll does go, 80% of you liked tonight's SummerSlam. 20% thought it was all right. As far as the YouTube poll does go, 61% of you liked it. 26% thought it was just all right. And 13% did not like the show. So as we check the text messages here, this text message here says, will Biggie cash in Money in the Bank now that he has the briefcase back? Well, eventually, yeah. And Corbin couldn't have cashed it in regardless. Or says, where was the pyro? Not sure. I think it could have had to do with them just not having enough time to set everything up and test everything in the building. Or says, what was the point in having Finn in the title picture? And who do you think challenges Lashley next? Goldberg challenges Lashley next. They're not done with that. And the Finn thing is to, I guess you say, have somebody ready for when Roman needs a new challenger because they can always go back to Roman accepted Finn's challenge. Finn was supposed to get the SummerSlam match. Cena stole it with help from Corbin and this and that. So they always have that in their back pocket of, hey, we can always go back to Finn and it'll make sense. Where it says, you know the reason as to why WWE didn't use... Again, nope. All I know is the reason on why the stage was small. Because they knew they didn't have a lot of time to set up something big. It says, do you think it's going to be Brock versus Roman at Extreme Rules or at Super Showdown? Well, it's not Super Showdown. It's Crown Jewel. In October, they didn't actually give a date. They just said Crown Jewel this October. And I mean, you don't bring Brock back now to have somebody else challenge Roman... In the interim time, in the meantime, no. If Brock is back now, he's got the next shot. Versus says, now that Brock Lesnar returned tonight, do you think going challenge Roman Reigns for the... No, duh. Yes, he's going to challenge Roman Reigns for the title. That's what he said he wanted. Versus says, that SummerSlam was amazing. I would call it a WrestleMania vibe pay-per-view. Supposed to be bigger than this year's WrestleMania. That was the plan. Says, I want, or I think... It was the best WWE pay-per-view in a while. Do you think we are getting a triple threat for the SmackDown Women's Championship at Extreme Rules between Becky, Bianca, and either Carmella or Sasha? And also, was it true that there was an issue inside the stadium tonight? As far as what? 
Because from the people that I knew that were there didn't tell me about any issues inside the stadium. So unless you can elaborate, I didn't hear of anything as far as issues in the stadium. And I knew at least a handful, five or so people that were there live. Chris says, what are your thoughts on Becky returning at SummerSlam, winning the SmackDown Women's Championship? I'm not against her winning the title, and I'm not against, you know, everything that happened, except for how short the damn match was. I didn't appreciate how short the match was. But with that, we've got a call coming in. Let's take this call here. Uh, Caller, welcome to the show. Thanks for calling. What do you think of SummerSlam? Hello? Going once. Twice. Gone. Sounds like they were in a wind tunnel. This person here. And they're trying to call back. We'll give them one last shot. Caller, you're on the air. What'd you think of SummerSlam? Hello? Going once. Twice. Not taking that caller anymore because now we know that's a troll call. This text message, next text message here states. Give me one second. Hold on one second, guys. I'm going to block this number so they don't call back because when they get the calls, then I can't read the text messages. two seconds pull this next text message I'll read this one this text message here says I was incredibly shocked that Brock Lesnar is back when do you think he'll challenge Roman Reigns for the universal title ASAP I think Roman and Brock should be like the thing going into Smackdown this week I think that going to Smackdown you say hey what the hell Brock, I think Brock should open SmackDown to be completely, completely honest. That's what I think should happen. I think Brock should open SmackDown. How do I... Got it. All right, now that person can't interrupt anymore. Um, this next one says, Do you think we see Bobby Lashley and Goldberg again after Lashley attack? Yes, 100%. That's the entire thing. The entire reasoning for what they did was to keep Goldberg and Lashley alive. Keep it going, which is stupid. Chris says, you think we get Brock versus Roman at Saudi in October? Also did notice that on Peacock, you can pause the live. Yes, we talked about that. And no, you don't need to do this in Saudi. You've got a pay-per-view before Saudi. Do people not realize that Extreme Rules is the next pay-per-view in September. September 26th. We haven't even gotten a date for Extreme or for Crown Jewel in Saudi other than, hey, we're going to Saudi Arabia for Crown Jewel sometime in October. I've heard late October, but who knows? The date that I heard last for Crown Jewel is October 25th or 26th. The last... I want to say I was told it was a Thursday show. It'll be the 25th. Person says, finally, someone with some sense. Extreme Rules is Brock Lesnar returning to go after the Universal Championship. Probably. 
Piper says, why Corbin had Russell for his contract? He's still, okay. I can't even make sense of your thing. I'm not going to read it. Because I have a question. If CM Punk and Brock Lesnar meet again one day, CM Punk should be worried if he ever return to wrestling, if they meet in a cro- Okay, first off, we ain't going to talk about no crossover WWE, AEW stuff. That ain't happening anytime in the near future. So I ain't even going to... No, I ain't even going to... I ain't even get another two seconds. Versus SummerSlam was 10 out of 10. I mean, I can see where some people can think that. I wouldn't give it that. I would go eight and a half. Versus says, I'll admit, the first half of SummerSlam was pretty bad. The second half was an improvement. <laughs> What a line. That's great. That's a great line. First says, do you think WWE will pull all the stops because do you think WWE pull all the stops because of CM Punk debut in AW or just this was the play? Are you guys really kidding me right now? You guys really think that WWE only had Brock Lesnar come back because CM Punk debuted for AW last night? Fuck no. Hell no. The Becky thing was to give people uh a make good because no Sasha. But the Brock thing had to have been in the works. I haven't heard if it was, but the Brock thing had to have been in the works for a while. My thing was, kudos on them for not letting this leak out. Nobody, nobody leaked out that Brock was there today or that Brock is coming back or that they're talking to Brock. Last we heard was, Brock ain't talking to no one. That was like two weeks ago and no one's talked to Brock recently. So, Kudos to WWE for keeping this under wraps as well as they did the Brock Lesnar stuff. Or says so Brock next. We just forgot Finn ever was ever involved. No, I think they're going to want us to just forget it for now, but then remember in the in the future. Oh, hey, remember, you know, Finn was supposed to get the SummerSlam match, so he's still there. He's still deserving. And Saturday says. Finn is getting the shot at the belt next. He said it on Talking Smack. Yeah, that, that means nothing. That means nothing. And finally, this last text message. Yes, we're not going to get any calls. That's fine. It says, why does Heyman, or who does Heyman pledge his allegiance to? That's the big question. I don't know. I honestly have no earthly idea. Because he's been as loyal to Roman as he's ever been to Brock. So, Versus Sears says, last text message, I honestly thought Brock would be the last feud before Roman and the Rock at Mania, kind of like the last big boss. Well, they're still not, they don't even know if they've got Rock. They hope they can get Rock for next year's WrestleMania. That's the plan. They want Rock to show up at Survivor Series because it's the 25th anniversary of his debut. They don't even know. From what I've been told, there are a lot of people that don't want that to happen, that don't want Rock to wrestle because they don't want him to get hurt again. Remember what happened. Rock hasn't wrestled since WrestleMania 29 when he dropped the title to John Cena. And what happened in that match? He got hurt and had to have emergency hernia surgery, had to push back the production and filming of Hercules and cost that studio millions of dollars. So there's people that are saying, don't do it, Dwayne. Don't do it. But with that... I do want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. I do appreciate everybody watching. Talking SummerSlam with me. Keeping the vibes going. Aaron Stewart says I wanted to call in. Well, I've been saying I'm taking calls for the last 12 minutes now. 
got till I finish this wrap up up. I get your call. I'll take your call, Aaron Steve Aaron Stewart. 510-906-1341. I'll let you be that one caller. Got to get it in before I wrap everything up. But with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Remember, remember, we ain't done this weekend. We've still got NXT TakeOver 36 tomorrow. Tomorrow. We'll be live here talking about NXT TakeOver. Then we go into Monday and Monday Night Raw. Then we go Tuesday for more NXT. Wednesday for AEW. Got a break on Thursday. Friday, SmackDown and Rampage. And then we finally get a good break next weekend. But with that, guys, we'll be live tomorrow night. Hawking NXT TakeOver. I want to say thank you for joining me here. Have a great night. And I'll see you next time. Aaron Stewart, I tried to... I tried to... Yeah, I tried to stretch that out as long as I could. You didn't call in. Have a good one.